Hi, I'm Maria Thea Harris or Velosos on social media. You're listening to So Organized Style Podcast, and today is a special show of a 50 podcast. Now grab a cuppa and get ready to be inspired with us. So Organized Style Podcast acknowledges traditional owners of country throughout Australia. We pay our respects to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures and to the elders past, present and emerging. Thanks for joining us today on So Organised Style Podcast for So Over 50. So Over 50 intersects with all communities. The creativity in the sewing community has shone through with So Over 50's hashtag challenge, So 50 Sustainable Sewing. Reusing the fabrics and textiles you already have in your possession is where you should start to take your first steps to take part in this So Over 50 challenge. And more importantly, you're taking steps to see how you can make your contribution to being sustainable when you sew. Zoe Edwards, or Sozo, the creator of the highly successful Me Made May Challenge, is our special guest to support Sew Over 50's hashtag SewFiftySustainableSewingChallenge. If you've followed Zoe for many years, you'll know that sustainable sewing is a strong value that she now talks about on her podcast called Check Your Thread. Let's give a warm welcome back to Zoe. Welcome, Zoe. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for inviting me onto your podcast to talk about my podcast. I really appreciate how supportive you've been. I love your podcast. Let me just say that up front. Oh, thank you. My little baby podcast. <laughs> it's going to grow up very soon. I can just, I can <laughs> see that right now. It's going to go to school soon. <laughs> Zoe, you said on your first podcast that you spent two years developing Check Your Thread. So how does it now feel that you've launched the podcast? Oh, it's so good. It's so good. I was so nervous over the first couple of weeks, like before we actually published. Yeah. I think because it was such a kind of rush at the time because we set ourselves a deadline of getting the first episode together. So we were just going hell for leather to get it ready. And there wasn't really much time to overthink things or over prepare. So then we just did it and I was like, oh done and it felt so good yeah it's been a real relief because I spent so long thinking oh when I have a podcast when I have my podcast I'll do this I'll do that now it's time to do you know it's not just time to think if listeners haven't found your podcast yet where can we listen to check your thread well you can listen to it in your favorite podcast app but also if you prefer you can listen to it directly from our website which is checkyourthread.com So each episode has its own little player. So you can listen either on your phone or on your desktop if you're at home. So you've got lots of options. There's no excuse. (laughs) Good. There is no excuse. You have to listen to check your thread. Now, I've seen how you undertake sustainable sewing in your life. But tell us why sustainable sewing and living sustainably is an important value to you. Well, as I say in the intro of my podcast, like climate change is an increasing concern. And it's something that I think about all the time. And I'm really worried about what kind of planet we're leaving our children. I try and, you know, do as many things as I can in my day-to-day life to be as sustainable as possible. And I really feel that it's important to have as many conversations as possible because everybody has different ideas and everybody has different approaches. And we can learn so much from, from each other that I really feel that starting a podcast about sewing more sustainably was a way to kind of explore those ideas 
and hopefully that that will not only inspire listeners but I want to learn more as well about how I can approach every aspect of my life more sustainably including sewing and that was a real hope that I have for the podcast is that yeah it's about sewing more sustainably but there's so many lessons and approaches and philosophies that can be applied to all other aspects of life and I really think that that comes through and I hope that it comes through so is it sewing as sustainable as possible is an extension of trying to live fairly sustainably as well in the Sew 50 Sustainable Sewing podcast series, we had Jen Hogg and she ran through a whole lot of ways that she has sewn sustainably throughout her life. One of the things that she talked about was how she has been able to source textiles locally. Right. Is that something that you're able to do where you live? No. I live in a very built up part of a very built up, very little country and we just don't really have much of a textile industry in the UK and I certainly don't think that there are any I mean I could be wrong um, and I hope I'm wrong but I don't think that there is any fabric production in the southeast of England currently so no sadly but there is so much textiles out there there is just a wealth of resources in every charity shop every jumble sale or every wardrobe in the country really I would love to investigate more about fabric production But personally, for me, finding locally sourced produced fabric, I don't really think that that's an option, sadly. I've looked around locally here as well. Yeah. And I've only started to look. And in lockdown, you really can't look at too many things. So that kind of leaves that up in the air. But a lot of the things that she talked about were quite useful. Yeah. Some of the things that you've talked about in your podcast about sewing sustainably, again, is where you've used what you have and turned it into something more. Yeah, that's almost like the ground zero, isn't it? Of trying to be a bit more mindful with with sewing. I don't like to say sewing sustainably because I don't think doing anything sustainably is necessarily even a possibility. By that, what I mean, it's just it's a bit of greenwashing in a way, isn't it? To say, I do this sustainably because I think the best that we can hope for and the best we can hope to achieve is to do something more sustainably because I don't think that pretty much any human activity is in itself sustainable 100% sustainable and that's really something that annoys me a lot about saying oh this is a sustainable fabric and I said well it's not it's a virgin fabric that was produced using energy and was transported around the globe using energy and was dyed and spun and all this and yeah there's aspects of it that hopefully is more sustainable for example like Tencel is made using a closed loop system you know where they recycle and reuse a lot of the chemicals but there's still energy involved in that you know you could say oh organic cotton well yeah maybe there's elements of that that is more sustainable because they're not using pesticides but you're still producing fabric in a similar way that non-organic fabric is so I think that it's a real danger to say oh I do things sustainably and pat yourself on the back I think the best we can do is just really to chip away at making improvements and that can be frustrating I think in some ways it can make you feel like oh what's the point but all these little things really do add up and my hope is that the more people thinking about making changes and making some changes and talking about the changes that we're making and the approaches that we're trying to enact 
those things will expand and they will ripple out and they will bubble up and hopefully more big businesses and more governments will take note that these are important values and important aspects that we need to be incorporating on a global scale. But I really think that the climate change is at the moment where yes, so much, it has to come from big business and it has to come from government. But I just don't think that we have got the time to not do some stuff ourselves. And not everybody can, not everybody is in a position where they can do things in the most sustainable way. People have different budgets, different priorities, different issues going on in their lives. But those of us that are in the privileged position to make some different choices, let's do that. Let's talk about that. Let's hope that we can inspire others who are also in a position to do that. And also not to belittle or shame anybody that is at a different point in their creativity or in their life more generally. You know, not everybody can make these choices and embrace these changes, but hopefully we've all got to do something. And I'm hoping that I'm generating conversations that is pushing some of those ideas forward. The good thing about what you've just said is that we can make small changes ourselves take small steps where we can. And I really am pleased that when you look at the examples of people who have taken part in So 50 Sustainable Sewing, you can see that that conversation is continuing. Yeah. That people are either piecing something together, trying different textiles, reusing textiles that they've got. So again, would you say that there's small steps that we can take? Oh, completely. And I've just been so overwhelmed by that hashtag. There's so many amazing things and so many awesome ideas coming through. It's such a wealth of amazing ideas and creativity. It's such a joy. And there's so much on there as well. Uh Isn't there? It's a lot. It's a lot of stuff. It grows exponentially every day. Yeah. I'm so glad that they've agreed to extend it because it's just going to keep going and going and going and it's generating ideas and people then need time to kind of absorb those ideas and then enact them themselves in their own way and then share those. So that's going to take more than a month. So I'm so pleased that they've they've decided to continue and, and just let it grow, as you say. Well done, so 50. Because sewing takes a while, doesn't it? We can't be like, oh, that's a cool idea. I'm going to make it tomorrow and share it the next day. Like it it takes a while, especially when you're doing things in a different way. And all of these projects, it takes a bit more time to think, doesn't it? It takes a little bit more thought and planning. And especially when it comes to kind of collecting textiles, whether or not you're shopping your own stash or whether or not you're rummaging your own wardrobe or you're going to the charity shop or you're asking your friends and family if they've got anything that they no longer use that takes some time doesn't it yes it does and that's what's really good because I mean let's be honest most of us who sew our own clothes we're not running out of clothes are we (laughs) we're not running out of clothes we've got a lot of clothes so let's take our time let's do it a bit more thoughtfully totally and it will take a bit more time looking at the piecing pieces that are on that hashtag yeah it just blows my mind, but yeah, they're all scraps that people have got in their stashes. Yeah. They're being creative about how they use them. And that's, again, one of the key things that was a part of what So 50 Sustainable Sewing was about was to make people be creative about how they can do this. Yeah. I love it. And I really love it when you see a lot of those pieced together projects. I love that you can really see the color palettes that people Uh like to work with within the scraps that they've incorporated. I think they look so cool. They do. Yeah. Very impressive. Yeah. It's been amazing. What made you decide to actually get into podcasting? 
when you're already really well engaged in social media on Instagram and also on your blog? That is such a good question. Do you know what? It's not something that I've ever really asked myself. I mean, as I say before, like I love podcasts. I consume a lot of podcasts. So for me, it's a really nice way to engage in a topic that I love. I think that sewing and podcasts go hand in hand so well. I think that listening to a podcast and doing a bit of sewing is just one of the best combinations of activities that you could possibly <laughs> give me, you know. I was interested in exploring a different way to have conversations and also maybe a slightly more accessible way for other people to consume those conversations or enjoy those conversations as well. Because I mean, blogging, it takes a lot of time, doesn't it? It takes a lot of time, especially if you're having a back and forth with somebody, mm-hmm. you know, you can send them the questions and they have to find a load of time to respond. And then you need to upload it and edit it and get some images and edit the images and that can take a really long time and then also when you have a conversation like that it's not got the back and forth you've not got the opportunity to straight away say oh tell me more about that or how did you get to that or you can't respond in that same way so there was that that I was looking forward to and yeah I just love the idea that there's people who are able to engage in sewing through podcasts in parts of their life when they're not actually able to sew you know for example they're on their commute or they're walking home from having dropped the kids off for school or, you know, they go around the supermarket or any other aspect. Maybe they've come home and they're too tired to do some sewing or they're ill or, you know, whatever. There's a way for people to engage in sewing and have lots of ideas and be inspired at a time where they can't physically necessarily sit down and engage in sewing. I think sometimes people often engage in sewing by, you know, browsing online and looking at uh, various shops and stuff. And that's cool. But I wonder if having more conversations is another way to be engaged in sewing. And in the case of Check Your Threads, engaged in sewing and thinking about how you're engaging in it as well. Yeah, exactly. So recently, for example, I tried my first zero waste sewing pattern and it was such a different way to approach a project. And it was so fun. Like I really enjoyed it. Like I've been interested in the concept of zero waste sewing patterns for a while. And I don't know, for whatever reason, like I maybe didn't see a style that was necessarily something that I would wear or I don't know, it was finally, you know, I tried a zero waste sewing pattern and I really loved it. I mean, in the first one I did, I didn't even end up keeping the garment. I gave it to a friend of mine that wears it all the time. The process of doing something slightly differently was so in invigorating and hopefully we can inspire people to do something similar to try things from a slightly different angle sometimes I find that I get a little bit I don't know if frustrated is the word but there's like a formula of sewing isn't there like oh I like that pattern I found some fabric to go with it I'm going to choose view a and the sleeves from view b or something like that and then you cut out your size you make any alterations that you may need for your body and you make it you put it on Instagram you start again you know? Yeah. And I guess for me, I mean, that's great and that's super fun, but it almost felt sometimes that the most creative input I was having in that situation was just pairing a pattern and the fabric. That seemed to be almost the limit of my creative involvement. And I was getting a little bit frustrated, especially because I've been sewing a while and I kind of like the styles that I like. So I'm not necessarily trying loads of new techniques at this point. So just using a different approach like the zero waste sewing pants or like piecing scraps together, that just kind of shook me out, you know, a little bit. That's kind of like took me out of that kind of formula that I really appreciated. That's been really fun. 
Can you tell us, will Check Your Thread mainly focus on sustainable sewing? Yes, definitely. It will focus on how to sew more sustainably. But within that, I think there's a lot of scope to kind of zoom out and look at things more generally and the opposite, really zoom in to certain elements. So it was not always going to be, you know, a conversation with somebody who has a business related to um, or a sewing practice that's related to sewing more sustainably. I also want to look more generally at sustainability and I want to look more into the nitty gritty of the actual practicals of how to do certain things as well. So I want to look at more conceptual stuff as well. It will always be the basis for sure, but I'm hoping to really play around with that and and what that can mean as well. So, for example, like I'm really interested in thinking of sewing and sustainability, but sustainability not necessarily is in the impact you're having on climate change, but also sustainability is how you can sustain people's livelihoods and stuff, for example. We touched on that in the episode with Jacqueline from Wax and Wraps because a lot of the work that she does with a lot of fabric producers in Africa, she is helping to sustain those industries and those crafts and those communities. So that's another way of looking at that as well. Also, I want to focus soon on making your own reusable period protection as well. Another kind of aspect And there's a lot of amazing work going on, for example, with the Pasha Project, who are making, gathering and then distributing reusable period products to period havers who are refugees. So there's different aspects of sustainability and what that can mean as well. I'm also really interested in, and it's not directly about kind of sustainability as in the climate change, but I think it's adjacent. And it's something that we've touched on so far in a couple of episodes about how craft and sewing how the industry can be almost a bit excluding of people that don't have a lot of disposable income and that kind of thing so that's something I really want to explore more and I'd love to get people's feedback and ideas on how we can encourage people to get involved in crafting and creating I think there's a real perception that sewing is for white straight middle class women from the west and Historically, it doesn't belong to those people, but it seems sometimes that that is the face of sewing as we see it in the commercial sense these days. And I really kind of want to push back against that as well, sitting here being a white, middle class, cisgendered, you know, woman. This is why I hope to talk to lots of other people who've got lots more interesting things to say about it necessarily than I do. Yeah. What's your long term goal for yourself? Because you've got the blog, you've got your Instagram, you've got the book, and now you've got the podcast. Yeah, I'm collecting the set, aren't I? I should have a YouTube channel next. (laughs) No, I don't want to do YouTube. Um, What's my goal? I think, I mean, this feels like it's been the first project in a long time that has been truly like my baby. Mm -hmm. You know, I've done a lot of things in collaboration with other people. I mean, the, the blog is my baby and Instagram and stuff, but it's a really interesting area to explore in. And I just want to just keep pushing it, keep exploring trying to keep myself as open to new ideas as possible and I just want to make it a really interesting valuable resource for people so yeah just kind of pushing forward with making this as strong and as interesting and as valuable as possible and I think that's going to start to become more easier because my little boy starting school in two weeks time so I'm going to have two children at school So I'm going to have a little bit more time to really push ahead. And then maybe it'll develop into something else. I don't know. I'm I'm never say never because, you know, over two years ago, I didn't see myself with a podcast. So, but my goal right now is just to really focus on keeping the blog alive, 
keeping the Instagram going because I do really enjoy the interaction and the conversations that happen there. And I gain a lot of inspiration myself from, from Instagram. But yeah, I'm really excited to see how I can strengthen and expand Check Your Thread. But I deliberately bought the name checkyourthread.com, not checkyourthreadpodcast.com, just in case in the future it becomes something else or something else as well. I don't know. But yeah, I'm keeping that open because if you've learned anything in life, you can't really predict the future. No, you can't. <laughs> yeah, just look at where we are now, right? Exactly. Who knew you'd be locked in your bedroom making a podcast rather than out and about? From an audience member of yours, I've loved reading your blog, really enjoyed the Instagram account that you've got. And as an audience member of yours, I love hearing your voice on Check the Thread. Thank you. Yeah. So are there a few simple steps that sewers can take so that they can be sustainable with their sewing? Right. Well, this is something that I've asked and made a point to ask everybody that I've spoken to so far for the podcast. Right. Because I think that that's such an interesting thing to ask, isn't it? Everyone's got their slightly different perceptions, but I really think that the biggest thing that you can do is A, um, be as mindful with your fabric purchases as you can be. And that's not necessarily to say stop buying fabric, but just be a little bit more mindful when you're fabric shopping. Like for example, I really try to only buy fabric that I have a very clear idea of what it's going to be. And I'll allow myself to change that idea, you know, (laughs) but you know, have a good idea of what your piece of fabric is going to be before you buy it. And then you get a better idea of how much to buy as well, you know, because if you're going to be making a blouse, you probably don't need three and a half meters, you know, but if you're making a pair of trousers, you know, it gives you a ballpark of how much to buy as well. So there will be less waste as well. If at all possible, keeping hold of your scraps and leftovers, because there are so many really interesting and exciting ways to use scraps and leftovers in other projects. I don't know, it can be tricky because if you don't have a lot of space, you don't have any like dedicated sewing space in your home, it can be really tricky to keep hold of things. But if you can keep hold of some things you think, yeah, that looks quite useful. I could use that in the future. Or I really love that. You know, I think that's another thing that if you've got a bit of fabric that you really love, like if you can keep hold of the scraps and leftovers, then you can really enjoy that fabric again. Like I'm thinking of some Metallier brunette viscose that I bought a number of years ago and I made a blouse. And that was lovely. And I've worn it low to the point where it's got loads of holes in, but I've still got some scraps. And I was able to incorporate that in another top that I made that was kind of pieced together. So I got to enjoy that fabric again in a different way. So to get the most of your financial investment into that piece of fabric, plus also the resources and the energy that has been invested into the production and shipping of that fabric also. Exactly. And in your podcast, you also talked about Finding places that you can donate your scraps to, keeping them aside. Yes. Don't put them in the bin. (laughs) Yeah. Don't put them in the bin heading for landfill. That's got to be one of the key things as well. You know, it takes a little bit of research possibly, but see if there is some sort of scrap or textile collection in your area. Schools and nurseries definitely love using scraps of fabric as the basis of a lot of projects. I mean, it stops the teachers or the staff of those schools having to go out and then buy more virgin resources. You know, if you can give them a bag of scraps and that's really fun for them. Consider making those kind of projects that are maybe like the closet core poof pattern or a nice big floor cushion or draft excluders as well. Like I've recently moved house and it's a really drafty house. So I have a draft excluder that I made for my previous house, but it's not quite big enough. So I need to make another one. That's such a good use of all those scraps of fabric because it's going to be really useful and practical as well. 
and it might seem a bit silly, but seeing if anyone else needs one, you know, if you've got one, because it's also going to help your friends and family also cut down on their fuel bills as well, if you can help them by creating cool draft excluders and stuff as well. They're really good ideas, Zoe. Thank you. Do you have any ideas? (laughs) I'm keeping my eye out for ideas at the moment. Because we're in lockdown, I'm making sure that all of the fabric that I've got, that I actually use it. Yes. If I don't have thread that matches right now, that does not matter. Right. Right. So my priorities are changing, have been forced to change, and that's fine. I can live with that. Interesting. That's so interesting. Yeah, it is really interesting. It's like I noticed because, you know, I work at Fabric Godmother in the UK Mm -hmm. and the buying habits changed a lot during the first lockdown like there was a lot more people ordering matching thread with their orders and buying buttons and things that they couldn't have just popped down to their local haberdashery so it's so interesting how yeah people they're going to roll with it and figure out ways to kind of do their craft I guess maybe as a generation we have not been used to you know having kind of external constraints on the way we live and the way we sew for example And the pandemic is one thing. And I think that going forward with problems created by climate change, there are going to be constraints on our lives in a variety of ways. And we're going to have to learn to roll with that. And if we can start thinking about that a little bit now and putting some things into place with how we're a bit more flexible with how we approach various activities, then that's not a bad thing. Perfectly said. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Zoe, thank you for coming on to Solga Nice Style podcast to help promote Sew 50 Sustainable Sewing. It's all about really the timing that Check Your Thread has been launched this summer in the UK. So thank you. Thank you so much. It's been super fun to talk to you. And I would just very much recommend that everybody go to Instagram and look at the Sew50 Sustainable Sewing hashtag because there's so many amazing ideas, far more than you and I have even mentioned on this podcast. So go there for a wealth of amazing ideas. Thank you, Sewer50. And Thank you, Zoe. Well, thank you so much, Maria. It's been so fun to talk to you. Thanks again, Zoe. And have a lovely day, listeners. Have you started your sustainable sewing project yet? Make sure you follow the hashtag Sew50SustainableSewing to get inspired and find out what steps you can take to sew in a more sustainable way. Reuse, recycle, stash dive into what you already have and create a garment as part of this challenge. This episode of Soul Organized Style Podcast for Sober 50 was produced by me, Maria Theoharis, with permission of Zoe Edwards, soundbybensound.com. You can subscribe to Soul Organized Style Podcast, but with an S, not a Z, on all good podcast apps. Make sure you give us a five-star rating and review. Support this podcast through our Patreon account as well. Every podcast is free. Make sure you subscribe to Zoe's podcast, Check Your Thread, to stay informed about sustainable sewing. We've now published five Sew 50 Sustainable Sewing Challenge podcasts, so make sure you go back and listen to them. Post any questions or podcast suggestions you have on our podcast website at seworganisedstyle.com or on our Instagram account at seworganisedstyle or on our Facebook page. We look forward to joining you in your sewing room next time. Stay safe, everyone.